Amen. Good morning. Isn't it good to be here? Amen. Uh, happy Mother's Day. If you are a mother, we appreciate you. Uh, if you're not a mother, we appreciate you too. But we just want to say an, a special appreciation to mothers because um, it's it's tough. Yes. Amen. For those who noticed that the lights went down, that is because it's very warm in here. I'm sure you noticed that too. But it's like, you know what? The, the light throws off some heat, so we're just uh, bring it down a little, have some ambiance for Mother's Day. You know, every everyone looks better in low lighting, so y'all look fabulous. And we just, uh, hopefully that'll, hopefully it'll cool down a little and, um, yeah, be fun. We'll be able to, <laughs> be able to make it once, um, you'll, you'll notice, okay, look at my hair, it looks really good right now, by the end of the night, um, by the end of the day. <laughs> ah, oh well humidity. Uh, we are glad that you are here in the Lord's house, and if you have not brought your items for the month of May, we are collecting uh, colorful things for our shoeboxes. So that means crayons, colored pencils, markers, coloring books, anything like that, or if you just really want to bring a colorful toy or something like that, you are welcome to do that. But uh, if you've not yet brought them, please do so. Put them right back here in, the, uh, in this storage office. Or if you would like to bring a, a shoebox or some money to uh, to ship the shoeboxes, we'd appreciate that as well. Also, um, keep in mind that we have our church cleanup the last Wednesday of this month in anticipation of homecoming. If you are here right now, if you are here right now, for those of you who haven't been here in so very long, and we're so very glad that you're here, you are invited the first Sunday of June to be back here. If you need somebody to go get you, we will find somebody to go get you. And uh, and come on back and be here for our homecoming. We have a lot of great things going on. We have a guest speaker. We have some guest ministers. So be here. And then we're going to go over and have some fantastic food. Start even now planning your menu. I, you know, I was thinking about different things to make. Oh, goodness, I'm going to make this and this and this. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Got to tell Shane Williams to make some pasta salad. Yes, yes. Y'all come, and there will be pasta salad. I'll bring pictures as well. Between now and that last Wednesday of this month, please bring pictures. I, I found a bunch. Um, and Put your name on the back or put a, a sticky note with your name on the back. Pictures from any ministry that we've done here, uh, any kind of activities that have been done. Make sure that you bring those pictures and we're going to have a, a nice collage situation. I don't know. Mom and Sister Robin know what they're planning to do, right? So... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's going to be great. We we trust that they're going to it's going to be fabulous. But bring those pictures. We do want them to see those and and have a nice little time of remembrance. Um any other this can't think of any other announcements, but anything else we will certainly let you know. Um as we uh, as we've talked about this month is is the focus of study. So I hope that you have really been getting into the Word and, and studying and finding finding it a little bit more enjoyable, maybe a little bit simpler as you are taking a look at the Word. I, I do want to make mention that as you study, if you see something in God's Word 
that disagrees with someone else you've heard, then you need to search it out. Okay? Don't just take somebody's word for it. If you hear me up here preaching and you think, what on earth is she talking about? Now, I'm not telling you to completely ignore me and start like... <laughs> I've had a few people to uh, to start when I say this is such and such in the Greek or in the Hebrew that they they actually like look it up right then and then they told me afterwards oh I looked it up when you were talking about it, I looked it up <laughs> and and you were right well of course I was but anyway um, <laughs> I'll do my best I will do my best to always be right but I'm not saying that I am always right bless my heart <laughs> every once in a while. So if you see something in God's Word, you're hearing someone else teach or preach, be careful who you're listening to teach and preach because you hear so many voices coming at you. It's like, well, is this true? Is that true? I don't even know. So I'm not saying don't listen to anybody but me. I'd listen to other people too. If you'd like some recommendations, I'm happy to share. (laughs) Y'all probably already know who I'd suggest. but, um, But make sure that you are looking into God's Word for yourself because the scripture is of no private interpretation. The scripture is personal. I can read it and receive a personal word from God, but it is not private. I cannot open God's word and say, well, this is what God's word means for me and to me alone. God spoke to me and said, do this, and it's contrary to his word? Absolutely not. That will never happen, okay? God will never tell you to do or say anything contrary to what his word already says. It's not going to happen. But I I noticed something, and if you were... Uh, on on Monday, if you looked at the newsletter, or any other time, looked at the newsletter and you saw um, Lectio Divina, it's a way to study. Anyone, if you if you noticed, and it talks about four R's. I know them in in the Latin word. So uh, Lectio Divina is divine reading. You you read and you. It, it could be just one little scripture, one small passage. You read it and you read it and you read it over and over again. And then you meditate on it. You think about what it means. What is God what is God saying through this passage? Meditating upon his word. And then it goes to contemplation. And you, you begin to converse with the passage. Okay, God was saying this to those in that context, but he's saying this to me now. And then we pray the scripture. So somehow incorporate that scripture into your praying. Well, I've been doing Lectio Divina on the scriptures, the uh, the packet that everybody got. If you did not get a packet, it's it's in the back, and Gretchen will help you out. But um, there's a packet of scriptures that represents all of our favorite scriptures. So I was doing Lectio Divina on this, and and I began reading, and it was the one that uh, it in Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, it says, "Be still and know that." I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in all the earth. And I was I was meditating on it, and, and I was reading in the three different columns. And as I got to the last column, and y'all may have y'all may have already noticed, there was a typo on the very bottom. And instead of saying Psalm uh, one hundred, it said I mean instead of saying Psalm forty six verse ten, it said Psalm one hundred. And I began to fixate on that. Put these in, and I messed it up. And oh my goodness, I'm going to have to tell people to go back and to fix it on the very last one, the New Living Translation. It says, it says, uh, Psalm 100. Psalm 100 is on the next page. And oh my goodness, and I just began to to fixate on this and to think about it, to concentrate on that. I thought, I'm not 
reading divinely. I am not taking God's word in. I'm noticing the things that I messed up. And I sometimes it's difficult when we begin to read or we begin to pray and we get distracted. It never happened to anybody else. It happens to me a lot. And we need to lay those other thoughts aside and really get in touch with God because He does. He wants us to be still, recognize Him as God, and understand that He is exalted. Amen. Let's stand this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask Him to have His will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank You. God, you are great and greatly to be praised. God, we thank you for this day to come and to worship you. God, I thank you that you've given us this beautiful day. God, that you have allowed us to come and to celebrate, not only celebrate you, but also allowed us this time to celebrate mothers. God, they are so special to our lives. God, if there is a mother here or mother watching who does not realize how special she is, I just pray that you would just wrap her up in your love today. God, I pray that you would give her strength and encouragement. God, I pray for each of us that we would honor you as we honor others. God, I pray that your will be done in this place. There is no one who is here by accident, but I believe that each one is here to receive something from you. God, we just surrender ourselves to you now. We ask you to have your will, Holy Spirit. God, come down strongly in this place. We lift you up. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I believe you gave sight to the blind. I believe that the dead came to life. I believe there are wonders and signs, and you're still the same. I believe every word that you said. I believe there are scars in your hands. That your goodness is good without end, and you'll never change. I will tell of your wonders, sing of your grace. The God of creation knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always, always. Your mercy is mighty, age after age. All generations will bow down in praise. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always, always. I believe you will come in the clouds. I believe you are here even now. In your presence, I know there is power, power to save. I will tell of your wonders, sing of your grace. The God of creation, he knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now and always, always. Your mercy is mighty age after age all generations will bow down in praise the Lord is faithful yesterday now and always always you were you are you always will be God 
He knows me by name, the Lord is faithful yesterday, now and always, always. Oh, your mercy is mighty, age after age, all generations will bow down and praise. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now and always, always. He were faithfulness God God you are faithful to us Not for a moment 
Will you forsake me? Every step, every breath, you are there. In every tear, every cry, every prayer. In my heart and my words, when my world falls down, not for a moment, will you forsake me? Your goodness is running after 
running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now and give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now and give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. been faithful and all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able oh I will sing of the goodness of God You have been faithful, and all my life you have been so, so good with every breath that I am able. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, I will sing. Of the goodness of God. Amen. Has he been good to you? Give him praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. so good and weren't those praise and worship songs so wonderful we can never outgive God and I'm up here this morning to take your money <laughs> so sister Jordan will you please pray over the offering this morning Sister Robin is taking up the offering. I do want to take this time to thank you. This is such a giving and loving church, and I appreciate everything that you've given, but I want to remind you of some projects we have. The Operation Christian Child, we still want to support the homeless. We're not going out every month, but we plan to go out again several times this year. And then we also have our education fund for our pastor. If you have some extra money for that, it will greatly be appreciated if you will give to this. Thank you.
y'all get to deal with me. I'm just kidding. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here. Uh, we really do appreciate all that you do. Um, I can look around this room right now and I can see several people that are not biologically my mother, but who have served as mother roles, whether it be um, as being an in-law or being a teacher and a mentor. I can see several people in this room and I thank you very much for all that you do, not just for your biological children, but for those of us that like to adopt you and claim you and you can put me in your will. No, just kidding. Just kidding. But if you wanted to, it's okay. Um, <laughs> um, so every year, well, at least for the past several years, um, I've been asked to kind of head up a gift for Mother's Day, Father's Day. Um, I like to do this sort of thing. I like to bless people. Of course, I like to do it without people kind of knowing that I have my hands in it. But so this year when I was kind of looking around, I was thinking, okay, what to do? You know, last year we, we encouraged mothers to pamper yourselves. You guys all walked away with some shower bombs and candles and different things to pamper yourself with because being a mom is not easy. I've done it for almost nine years. It is not easy. For those of you that have children older than nine years old, bless you. It is not easy, but thank you. Um, so I figured this year, you know, something to encourage you and take with you. Um, for those times, those moments when it does seem a little hard, it's a little challenging, you know, you raise your kids and they're not doing what you think they should be doing. Uh, for those moments when they're little bitty babies and they're crying all the time and you're like, I don't know what to do. Haley, you're going to experience this all over again here very, 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 very soon. Um, so something to to helpfully encourage you guys. So um, I'm going to get Gretchen here if you want to kind of come on up. She's going to come around. But there are six different bracelets on this tray. And they each have something said that I hope that when you look at it can be an encouragement. So as she brings it around, either you or if you want somebody, you know, your child, if they're with you, to pick it out. Um, one of them is, she believed she could, so she did. Another one is, you were given this life because you are strong enough to live it. You are amazing. You can do anything. You rock. Sometimes it's just short and simple. Um, you are loved, you are beautiful, and you are valued. Be, believe in yourself, and you'll be unstoppable. And you are braver than you think, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. Okay? So these things are going to come around to you. Um, and, again, just a small way to say thank you from the church from all of us here, we do appreciate you. Um, and as Gretchen is going to bring this around, she's going to start in the back and work her way up to all the mamas, please. Pick out the one that you you would like or have the person next to you pick out one that you think is something that you might need. Um, and as she is bringing that around, we have a small video just to recognize and honor all the mothers in the Bible as well um, and how their stories play a part in what you do each and every day.
that was beautiful. Thank you, Amanda, for putting that together. That was wonderful. Um, happy Mother's Day to all you moms. Happy Mother's Day to you if you have a mom or have ever had a mom. Happy Mother's Day to you. It's good to see you this morning in the house of the Lord. This morning, um, we are very, very thankful for mothers and for what they, how they shape our lives. <clears throat> um, but prayer also shapes our life. And this morning, as, as I'm here to receive prayer requests, it reminds me of uh, a minister I heard first thing this morning on when I came downstairs that said, if you've been praying about something, don't stop praying. If it's something that burns on your heart every day, if it's something you cannot stop thinking about every day, God hasn't answered it yet. You just keep praying. Um, you just keep praying. This morning, do you have special needs or special requests that you would like to make known? Anyone? Sister? Amen. Amen, amen. Remember Sister Diane's family today. Sister Judy. Remember Sister Judy's brother and sister and her children and grandchildren today. Sister Robin. Yes, Chase and his family's traveling today. Remember them in prayer. Anyone else with Brother Mike? Yes. Yes, Brother Mike's wife and daughter in law Summer. Remember them in prayer. Somebody else with a special need or request you'd like us to help you pray about. I'd like for the church to remember. Um, the Rushing family. I gave in request last week for Brother Rushing not doing well. He went home to be with the Lord yesterday morning. So um, a lot of our a lot of our church people um, know uh, Brother and Sister Rushing. They've been with us many times over the years that we've been here. Um, but he went home yesterday to be with Jesus. And Sister Rushing and their son Jonathan need your prayers today. Please lift them in prayer. Yes, Sister Judy. Remember Sister Wynell today. Yes, remember Sister Wynell. Also, remember Sister Keller visiting with her this week. She is such a crackerjack. I mean, if you guys, <laughs> I just love her and I love our visits. But just just uh, pray for her. Uh, her eyesight is, is really failing, and it breaks my heart. But just pray for her. Um, I cannot I, I won't divulge how old she is because a woman that will tell her, her age and her weight will tell anything she knows. I've often said <laughs> so, but just um, but just remember her in prayer and uh, and her family, loved ones. If there aren't uh, any other spoken requests, you have a a special need that you and the Lord know about, and it's something that burns on your heart daily. Please stand with me and let's take these requests to the Lord. Father, thank you this morning for who you are. Lord, we thank you and we praise you today for your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, this morning, God, that you are constant, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And Lord, that you are only good. I thank you and I praise you, Lord, today because I know who Jesus is. Thank you, Lord, for mothers that are here today. And I thank you, Lord, for godly mothers. Lord, that take seriously, dear Lord, the awesome responsibility that you have given them. God, it's not easy, but God, I ask for a special anointing. Lord, a special blessing, oh God, on mothers today throughout this nation, throughout our church family. God, they need a touch from you. Father, this morning, as we lift these special needs and requests to you, Lord, you know each one intimately. You know each one, oh God, by name. Lord, there's nothing that escapes, Lord, your intention. Lord, I ask this morning that you would touch family members, children, grandchildren, Lord, whose names have been called, Lord, again and again. Lord, traveling mercies, dear Lord, for chasing his family. Father, I ask you today that you would continue, Lord, to keep your hand on summer, Lord, and Denise today. Lord, work and move, Lord, like only you can. Father, you see and know exactly where we are and what we stand in need of, Lord. You see every uplifted hand, Lord, and the things that burn on our hearts daily, oh God. Lord, that we only talk to you about, but Lord, this morning in the name of Jesus, please move. Please move. Please work. God, I ask you today, Lord, that as the word goes forth today, that it would penetrate our hearts. Lord, give us, Lord, tender hearts before you. Lord, that you can mold and, and that are pliable before you and in your word, Lord, today. God, and direct and strengthen in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you thanks and honor and glory and praise today in this house, Lord, for who you are. Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you, Lord, today in advance of your anointing. Lord, thank you today. Turn and tell someone that you're happy that they're here today, and Lord bless you.
y'all gotta get pressed. Tuned up like instruments, but I know all of life's temper with sad whenever we remember this. There's tune in the madness, there's peace, drowning out the voices all around me through all of this chaos. You are writing a symphony, a symphony. And even in the madness, there's peace, drowning out the morning is it oh and that one yeah <laughs> I don't, yeah <laughs> just always check because uh y'all don't need double <laughs> y'all need double volume because i already have plenty just me being me That's, yeah. so good morning again welcome i think it's still morning we are glad. If you're watching, we're glad you're watching. If you are here, we're glad you're here. You are here for a reason. I believe that. So, continuing and talking about Mother's Day and and thinking how that fits in with relationships. Of course, health and wellness type of relationships. Um, we've been talking about having good health and wellness in all aspects. So, we were in relational health and wellness, and last week we talked about healthy conflict. So if you are thinking that conflict is bad, you need to go back and watch last week's message because it can be good. It can be a positive thing if you do it right. It can, it can open up different aspects of your relationship when you realize that you can have a disagreement and still love each other. Yes. So we have to have a willingness to lay aside our assumptions. We, we can't just automatically assume that someone is trying to attack us or trying to be mean or trying to be difficult. We have to lay aside those assumptions and actually talk. We have to have a willingness to compromise and to sacrifice. That when we come together, we lay on the table, this is what I would like to happen. Well, this is what I would like to happen. Well, let's see if we can work that out. And we have to have a willingness to be vulnerable and not defensive. So vulnerability is tough. Vulnerability is painful sometimes. I was just, just a second ago talking with someone who was, we're talking about being perfect and having that, that idea of perfectionism. And it's when you have this mentality of the need to be perfect, vulnerability is really, really difficult for you because it's like, I, I need to be the strongest person here. I need to not need anything. So vulnerability is is something that's very powerful when we find somebody that we can be vulnerable with. It's a blessing. So today we consider the valuable role that women play in relationships. What good is a woman? <laughs> yes. We may have what good is a man at some point. All the ladies will come to hear that. No, I'm joking. That I'm, Please understand, that is completely a joke because God has created each of us 
important and necessary in the in the family of God. There is no bashing one way or the other. Now, <laughs> you know, I sometimes I'll joke around women. You know how they are. But, again, it's just a joke, I promise. <laughs> um, because we're all valuable. In time past, people who interpreted a certain way the Word of God, they, they relegated women to a secondary or a subservient role. In the past century or so, women have been told to rise up and take power. So which way is right? Or are neither one of those quite the way God intended? God wants us to understand who we've been all along. So consider, and this is part of study, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll most likely put this in uh, tomorrow in the newsletter. If y'all don't know how to get the newsletter, please let me know. I will put you on the email list. Or um, usually sometime on Mondays during the day, if you'll go to our Instagram account, and I assume Facebook because I don't know, okay, <laughs> or Facebook, if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, you can just click the link and there it is. Or sometime on Mondays, normally it's put onto the church website. So there, there are tons of ways to look at our, uh, our newsletter. So if you're not seeing it, click on one of those ways and, and you'll be able to. But anyway, so I already have in mind a, kind of a, an idea for, for talking about study tomorrow, but we have to consider context. So as we consider today's context, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 2, and we understand that Moses is the one who wrote this. And we think to ourselves, why is it that Moses, who was alive 1,000, 1,400 years past this time of Adam and Eve, why would he need to write about this? What was his purpose of writing? Why did God speak to Moses and say, record this situation. Record what happened in the beginning. And maybe it's because Moses understood and God understood that he would be writing to this group of people who had been enslaved for 400 years. They knew the old stories, of course. They knew the great things that their ancestors had done. But as a people they had lost their identity. They had lost their sense of value because they had been enslaved by the Egyptians who were telling them, this is who you are and this is all you are. You, ha- you are a servant to us and you are no better than that. So God wanted to renew within his people this idea of their identity. And today we struggle. Today we struggle and if you've ever asked the question, when, and, uh, you know, when you're young or maybe a, about middle teen years, like, who am I? Y'all may have never felt that way. God, who am I? What do I even like? What do I? Because you start trying different things and trying different hair colors. And I, see, I knew who I was up until about two years ago. <laughs> and then I knew I didn't want to be gray. But um, <laughs> so... That's the truth. It's the truth. Um, but you begin to try different things, trying to figure out who you are. But God lays it out for us right here if we'll just go to his word. So in the beginning, God began with light. And from that point, he created all things. He created space and a place and all life. 
And as he created each thing, at the end of each day, he would say, this is good. He created light, and he separated it from the darkness, and he said, this is good. And this word good, and it's in the, in the widest sense of the word, even to say, this will do nicely. So I can imagine God you know, creating the heavens and the earth. This will do nicely. This works. And he created all the animals, and he created vegetation, and, and all these different things. And he looked, this is, this is good. This will do nicely. So sometime between the first day and the sixth day, because that's when he stopped. At the end of the sixth day, he stopped, and he, he looked at everything and said, Behold, it is very good. Not just it'll do nicely, but this does well. This is fantastic. I love this. I, well done, me. <laughs> good job, Holy Spirit and, and Jesus. Because they're all, they're all three in one, and they were there together anyway. Well done, us. So he, he looks at all these things, but something happened in between that time. God said to the Son and the Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So God formed the man from the dust of the earth. This forming was more than just speaking Adam into existence, and it was so. This, this is how God created everything else. He said, let it be, it was so, because he has that power in his word. But God wanted to do something special with the man. He didn't want to just say dust come together and make a man. God had a a purpose. So he gathered the dust from the earth and he began to form it and to shape it. The word that was used for this means to mold like a potter. To determine a purpose. So God took the dirt and he began to mold and, and make the man with a purpose. And then the Spirit of God was breathed into his nostrils, and he came to life. So God, the Creator, God the Father, created the man, and then the Holy Spirit came and said, let me give him life. So he breathed into his nostrils, and the man came to life. And behold, it was good. God was intentional in his design. We see in in verses 15 through 20 of chapter 2, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good. Oh. The first time he said something, it was not good. It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a help meet for him. Okay, now notice, here's the thing. It's two different words. A help meet for him. Okay, because this is one of the things that, again, in in studying God's word and seeing, we think of the word help meet. That That was not a word until the King James Version came into existence because as people were reading through there, they kind of read it quickly and stuck it together. A help meet. So this new word was created and it became known as, you know, the, the woman is the help meet. Okay? 
but that had never been a word before now. It's two different words, help and meet. We will talk about what those words mean <laughs> in just a minute. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. So Adam, placed in the garden, given a task and a boundary. See, work itself was not the issue. We think, oh, work is the curse of Adam. No, it's not. Sweat is the curse of Adam. <laughs> having to toil, the having to really strive for the work. But the work itself is not the issue. God intended for people to have a job. <laughs> that's, that's not at all what is in my notes, but it, it's true. God intended. He originally wanted man to have a purpose, a job. To dress and keep the garden. These words mean to till and to protect. So he was in charge of tilling up the ground and, and keeping everything nice and neat, protected, maybe from weevils or, I don't know, labor. And he was able to eat freely of any of the trees that were in the garden except one. So God made a boundary for him. He said, don't eat of this one tree because once you do, you'll die. But God in his greatness noticed something. The man is here and he's in the garden in this beautiful place and he's working. But this is not good because he's alone. So, this word alone means separated. By implication, it means a separate part of the body, a branch of a tree. He's just, he's not fully in a, a place of contentment because he's all alone. Now, please understand, before I go any further, and this is later on in my notes, but understand, I am not saying, if you are not married, I am not at all saying that you are not a complete person until you get married. I had a long debate with somebody about this. It is not true, okay? If you are not married, you've never been married, you are a complete person when you come to Christ. He makes you whole, okay? But when you're all alone, you want some companionship. You want a friend, you want somebody to hang out with, okay? And that's what God was saying here. There's no one who is able to communicate with him. He's all alone. So God occupied the man for a day with another task. God brought all the animals before Adam to have him name them. And, and even though he had this fulfillment of work, none of the creatures were right for him. All these man's best friend, the dog came by, and Adam dog, next, cat, next, snake. So this helper was not found yet. None was found. None appeared to exist. But then, verses 21 through 25, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept 
And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And the man, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So we see... And I thought it was funny because it says, you know, that Adam, he calls Adam to fall into a deep sleep. So the first fall was, was God's intention. Uh, so this, this deep sleep of Adam comes upon him. And, and God took one of the ribs. He opened up his flesh and he took one of the ribs. Notice that God had already placed something within Adam to make the woman. God already, from the time that he first designed Adam and molded him and made him, God had already put something within him that he knew, I'm going to take this out in his divine foreknowledge. I'm going to take this rib out and I'm going to build a woman out of this. So God created him with that part that he knew he was going to take out. He closed up Adam's flesh and And then he began to build the woman. Now, this word here, it says made, but this in the Hebrew, it means to build. And it's different than God's word that he made the man. The word here means to build or to cause to continue. God had begun the work by forming Adam and continued the work in building Eve. This is the first use of the word build in the Bible. The first use of God, and and throughout all creation, this is the first use of the word build, that God built this woman. And we're not told that the Spirit was breathed into her nostrils because there was already life in the bones of Adam. So God built her, made her, and brought her to Adam. And Adam beheld her. And basically what he says here, this is now. He said, finally, finally, I've seen all these animals, I've seen all these creatures, I've spent all this time naming all this stuff. And finally, this one, this one, I recognize something in this one. This one is of a similar kind as me. This is what I've been looking for. A friend, a companion. A few notes about Eve. So we understand she was the the helpmeet, but it's two different words. She was the help. Now when you think about the word help... You may even think about that movie that was made, I don't know, five or ten years ago. Pretty good movie. But you may think about help as in being a servant. But this word help, in the Hebrew, it is aid. It is used 21 times 
in the Old Testament, this particular word. It is from the root meaning surround or protect. Sixteen of those 21 times, this word is used to describe an action of God himself. So when God made the woman to be the help for Adam, she was made not only in the image and the likeness of God, but she was made in the heart of God. To be one who came alongside to protect and to surround. Then we see that she was meat for him. M-E-E-T. Like, a help meet. The word means in front of. So as she's brought before him to meet him, the word here in the Hebrew means in front of, the counterpart, equal but opposite. Not to be the, and we hear this, not to be the head of, not to be the heel of, but it was almost like looking in a mirror. I recognize you, but you're opposite of me. She was from his side. This word side is used 41 times in the Old Testament and only twice, two times here in Genesis chapter 2, is it used as the word rib. Every other time, in all other cases, it's a structural word referring to something being built. Again, God built her. So he took the rib the side, the building blocks, and he built this woman. The root word of this is to limp, as if one-sided. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a minute, too. So, Moses then tells his readers, this is why a man is willing to leave home. This is why, because of this woman. (laughs) A man will leave, meaning to loosen or relinquish his parents, in order to cleave to his wife, to stick with, to stay close, or to catch by pursuit. I thought that was neat. That even from the beginning, God placed it within man to be the chaser. There was another movie, and there was a book, Not, I mean, a couple decades ago. He's just not that into you. If a man's not chasing you, it's probably because he doesn't want to catch you. Stop trying to chase him. Uh, I tell the girls uh, in my cotillion class that kind of thing all the time. Boys are by nature the hunters. You know, when or, or think about men when they go out on the on the high seas and they they catch a fish. They talk, they brag about it. That I caught this fish by the power of of my manliness and look how strong I am. And they take pictures with it and they they talk about how. It, it was it was seven feet long, and then the next time it was eight feet long, and then the next time it was nine feet long. Look, this this amazing fish that I caught. But when a fish catches a man, normally he has to go to the hospital. So, you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> just saying, this is the nature of a man to catch by pursuit. And I'm not trying to be, um, I don't know, 
prosaic or old-fashioned, but there are some things that God put within each of us because he knows how how it works. So, it says that they shall be one flesh to exist, to become. The pursuit should not end. Your curiosity about the woman should not end. Your curiosity about the man should not end. It's a continual pursuit, even after the leaving and the cleaving. It's continual. United as one, because God, who is three in one, loves unity. This is one reason that the enemy attacks marriages so often, is because if he can attack that unity... He feels like he's won. He feels like he's conquered because God loves unity. It's important to him. It says that they should be one flesh. This word flesh means flesh, body, person, but it's from a root word meaning fresh, full, cheerful, a messenger to preach good news. So what God is saying is that when a husband and wife are together and it's the way that it should be, that that is a messenger of good news to the world. It's an example of Christ and his bride. It's an example of what the church should be. It says that they were both bare, vulnerable, but were not ashamed. This verse speaks so loudly beyond the typical obvious interpretation. This verse talks about what God has intended to be so unified, so intimate, knowing one another to the point that we would be able to be vulnerable with each other without fear that the other person will reject us or think differently of us or cause us any need for shame. This is the beauty of God's intention for marriage. And as I talk about this, please understand, I'm not at all trying to shame anybody. If that is not your case, I'm telling you what God intends. And if he intends something, he can make it happen. So here we see the the things that we can learn about the good of a woman. What good is a woman? Number one, from this account, we we see that the good of a woman is a protector. Now, this is the only full account of female creation in all of um, Near Eastern literature. So when we think about this, that God himself is the one who calls this to be written, And then you hear people say, oh, uh, the Bible is sexist. That's not true. You may just not be reading it properly. If you need help, let's talk about it. God desired that Moses write these things down to show the importance of the first woman, Eve, and then all women following. So there is value in woman as a protector. Again, the word help, there was no help found for him, and then she was a help for him. This word to us, again, may imply the idea she's just the help. And some men have treated their wives that way. 
Oh, my. Oh, just take the wheel. Okay. Um, sometimes. Oh, okay. Maybe I need. Sometimes men may treat their wives more like their mothers and want them to do everything at the house and work. I don't. Okay. I'm not looking at anyone when I say that. I don't know. That may not be any of y'all. Okay. None of y'all. But. I'm just going to let you know, your your wife, this is a whole thing on TikTok, your wife is your wife and not your mother. So, um, treat her accordingly. If, you're, if your wife is no good at cooking and you are, don't think, oh, well, that's a woman's job, therefore she needs to be in that kitchen cooking. Because if she's not a good cook, just, just say no. I tell y'all, I'm a good cook, but I um, tell y'all all the time, if, if Shane Williams didn't cook, we probably would not eat. <laughs> just wouldn't happen. Because he enjoys cooking. And I'll say, babe, do you, and I'm sitting, you know, I'm sitting in, in the recliner reading, studying for whatever, school or for, for church, whatever it may be. And I'm reading, and, babe, do you need any help in there? No, I'm good. Okay, good. You keep going. <laughs> I'll wash the dishes after. But I'm saying this this idea that there have to be certain roles that, Women have to do it this way, and the men have to do this. Absolutely not. If the man is better at one thing, and you, you're not very good at that, I was talking to Celeste the other She got this huge pile of laundry, and I said, Babe, when you and Mark get married, what are you going to do? And she said, He washes his clothes. I said, You going to make Mark wash his own clothes? She said, He washes his clothes every two or three days. It'll be fine. He'll wash mine too. So, all right. By golly. <laughs> So the idea here is not help as in you are my help and do what I tell you to do. It is this idea of a protector. Again, this word most of the time in the Old Testament refers to God. The implication of this word is to save, to rescue, to surround. See, we were made in God's image as creators of life and as protectors. This is the good of a woman. We are to be warriors of faith for our families, surrounding them with prayer. That's our role and our responsibility that God instituted from the very beginning. She was the help. He didn't have anybody to pray for him. He was there in fellowship with God. He was talking to God, but God knew. <laughs> this is about to end soon. And I wonder, and, and please understand that, Please understand, I'm not trying to add anything to God's Word. So this is a, a ponderance for you. Okay, Take this and, and research it, and then come back and tell me if it's true or not. But I wonder if this is the reason that Eve was tempted before Adam was. Because God had set her up in a role of help and protector, in a role of prayer warrior for her family. And... The enemy knew, if I can attack her, if I can confuse her, then she's not going to surround and protect her family like God wants her to. So I'm going to attack her first. Again, I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm just asking a question. Y'all research it. Find out. The second thing we see, the good of a woman, is equal but opposite perspective. God continued his work of creating humankind by building Eve. 
Notice the difference. The man was malleable like clay in the hands of God as the potter. But the woman was built from bone. She was structured. The word translated as rib in every other reference is a structured side. She was structure. I don't know how it is at at y'all's house, but that is very much the case at our house. (laughs) That I tend to be the one who is structured, who is planning things, who is saying, let's do it exactly this way at exactly this particular time. (laughs) I don't know if that's the, you know, from, from Eve or just me being me, but structure. The woman is the equal of the man. Not dominant over. Not dominant over. And not subservient to. Bless God, I'm the man. You have to do what I say. That's not the way God set it up from the beginning. That's not the way God set it up. And then for those who may take a look at the at the New Testament and say, well, God says that... I don't know why they use that voice when they, when they say it that way. But um, that's, God says that man is the head, and that's a whole nother conversation. But the thing is, when Jesus came, everything that got messed up in the fall was able to be restored. So we are headed right back. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, when we accept Christ, we are headed right back to the goodness that God intended in the Garden of Eden. So that is God's original plan. When I accept Christ, that's where I'm headed back to. I'm looking at that as my model. That I am equal, but have an opposite perspective. You ever talk to your spouse and and y'all discuss something? I never thought of it that way before. That's the... You've never done this. No. No, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a whole other conversation, Kim, because we talked about that yesterday. Um, <laughs> but but that's the thing. Sometimes we, we look at something and we, like, we can't figure it out, we can't figure it out, and then another person comes along and they talk to us, and I never thought of it that way. That makes sense. Thank you for your perspective. So instead of clinging to my thought and my opinion, maybe I can invite this other person into the conversation and and see it from their side. You say, oh, that makes perfect sense. I never thought of it that way before because they're looking at it from a different angle. God made us different on purpose to help one another. That when I can't see it a certain way, There's somebody on the opposite side of that problem looking at it, same exact problem, looking at it differently. That's the value of a woman. And same thing, that's the value of a man, but we're not talking about that right now. (laughs) Maybe we'll do that message another time. Once again, we're seeing that word one-sided or to walk with a lamp. If we don't, see from a different perspective we are one-sided and we're walking with a lamp we don't have somebody to come alongside us and try to offer us a different perspective a different idea then we're one-sided and we're limping along through life we need another person 
The third thing we see, the good of a woman, is the chance to be vulnerable. Once again, understand that I am not saying that a person who is who is not married currently or who has never been married before is somehow only half a person. That is not true. That is not true. Uh, you're watching online. That is not true. You are a whole person when you accept Christ. You are made a new creation. You are worthy and, and holy in God's sight. You do not ever have to m- get married to be a whole person. Okay? The Apostle Paul, as far as we know, wasn't married. I mean, we, we don't think any less of him, right? Jesus was never married, and we certainly don't think any less of him. Not being married is not a problem, but you do need another perspective, okay? If you're looking to another person to complete you, your goal is all wrong. So you need God to complete you. You need God to make you a whole person. God, we see, God gave a task and a boundary to Adam. He didn't give him a woman first. He gave him a task. Get to work. (laughs) Maybe somebody will be brought to you. You know, she was brought while he was working. So, get to work. (laughs) Anyway, Notice that it was after Adam had completed his work, named all the animals, that he still felt lonely, that God brought this person to him. When Adam met Eve, he cried out, Finally! Finally. He didn't try to, tr- to fake his feelings and look cool. You know, he was, she wasn't brought to him, and he was like, Yeah, all right. Hey, girl, what's up? No. He was able to be vulnerable with her. That's the beauty of a woman. Having a a female in your life that you're able to be vulnerable with them. That you're able to lay out your feelings. And and know that they're not going to make fun of you. They're not going to think any less of you. Because they love you and they care about you. That's the beauty that God has created here. That's God's purpose behind male-female relationships. So if you're not married, if, if that's not the relationship that you currently have within your marriage, that, that's not meant to discourage you at all. This is an example of what God can do in any type of male-female relationship. If you are a sister to brothers, then you can be that person who prays for them. You can be that person who allows them to be vulnerable. If you are a mother to sons, you can be that one who prays for them. That's the beauty, the importance of you as a female. That is part of what God has made you to be. A stabilizing force. One who comes alongside. An equal but opposite frame of mind. That's what you can be. For Again, regardless of your marital status, that is who you can be as a woman. If you're a friend, you have a a male friend, that's something that you can offer is that prayer to surround them, to encourage them, to give an opposite perspective. God has created us for that. So, 
as we consider God's word, consider your perspective. That's important. What lens do you read God's word through? Because we all have one. We all look to God's word through a particular lens. So examine the lens through which you're reading. So those who try to imply that God is sexist, that women are to be subservient, or that you're reading that women should be greater and better, and not so, you might be reading it wrong. Again, come and we'll look at it together. But we are valuable to God. We are each valuable to God. If you're a man, you're valuable to God. If you're a woman, you're valuable to God. God's original intention, his original design from the very beginning was a man and a woman in relationship to help one another, to encourage one another, to pray for one another. That's God's original design. So the good of a woman, a protector, an equal but opposite perspective, and the chance to be vulnerable. So ladies, women, Mothers, mothers of any sort, foster mothers, spiritual mothers, adopted mothers, stepmothers, biological mothers, you are important to God. And we bless you in Jesus' name. We, we just, we're grateful for you. Um, as the music plays and we pray, if you have never understood your value as a female, or if you're a man who hasn't valued the females in your life, We're going to ask God today to help us to receive his perspective. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your goodness to us. God, you are great and mighty and strong, and you are the creator of all things. God, we believe that. We trust that you created everything exactly the way that you intended it to be. God, we thank you that you created man in your image. God, that you formed him God, he is valuable. The men in this room are valuable, God, and we thank you for them. We appreciate what they bring. God, we appreciate who they are as people. God, we're we're thankful for them. And God, I thank you that in your wisdom and your design, you didn't leave the man alone, but you, you gave him someone who was a help to him. God, that you formed this person, you built this person who was one to come alongside, to give a different perspective, one to to pray for him and give encouragement. God, I thank you so much that you created women. They are part of your grand design. You understand that the world could not be complete without the man or the woman. So we thank you. We give you praise. God, now I pray for each and every woman who is here, every mother who is here, every female who is here. God, I just lift them up in Jesus' name. God, if they don't understand their worth, if they've never been told that they were worthy, if if they've only ever felt subservient or secondhand, God, I, I pray for them right now. I just bless them in Jesus' name. I just pour over their lives that they are precious in your sight. God, that they were created exactly the way that you want them to be. God, so often we see these images of we have to look this way, we have to act this way, and this is the the pinnacle of femininity. But God, we thank you that you, you create us to look different. You create us to have different personality traits. And that is a part of the beauty of your design. 
God, we just bless them in Jesus' name. God, I pray for the men in this room that they would take this message to heart, that they would see and understand their sisters, their mothers, their daughters, their wives, their female friends. God, that they would see them this way, the way that you see them. God, that they would value them as perspective. God, that they would value them as prayer warriors, that they would value them as someone with whom they can share their deepest feelings and thoughts. God, I just pray right now for each person who is in this room to receive the knowledge of the value that you have for them. God, I thank you and I praise you. You are great. You are greatly to be praised. We lift you up. We bless your holy name. And now we say over your people, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make his face to shine upon you. May Yahweh be gracious to you and give you his peace in Jesus' precious name.